This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm your uh, co-host of the show. Ooh. Ooh, oh, you I just, think? I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Frank Proctor here, uh, the sous chef of the uh, garden, Which under gardener. means he's were. the assistant I, to the gardener. He I doesn't am. cook. He's not a sous chef. He's strictly a <laughs> sous gardener. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, well, Charlie? I can't say you help that much in the garden either, but you do help with the show. That's right, and I, I keep apologizing to you for many months ago that you gave me a tomato plant and I left <gasps> it on a streetcar. Many months. That was a couple uh, of years ago. Yeah, I, well, and yeah. And I've never I, forgiven you. I know. That's why I keep apologizing. I've never Gee. given you another plant. <laughs> <laughs> Special tomato uh, plant that okay. I grew for you. <laughs> well, uh, well, first of all, maybe I better give the phone numbers, okay. Charlie. Uh, and Charlie Dobbin, by the way, our master gardener in. And you're listening to AM740 Zoomer Radio. Now, phone numbers to reach Charlie in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, one 740 4740 and uh, our little mantra, it goes this way. Call early, call often, one question per call, and we're going to be along to talk to Clark in just a couple of moments. He was waiting on the line okay, already, good. but Excellent. Uh, you have a few, a few announcements, announcements as per usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just a few, though. Ah, okay. Oh, the announcements have dropped right off. Um, the, don't know what's going on there. I guess all the garden tours are done. We're now into what they would consider the dog days of summer. Darn good thing with the weather there's been. Oh. It's such funny weather. Weird. Uh, but nevertheless, there is another garden tour that is going on this weekend. Uh, so it's the 7th Annual Garden Tour. It's the Blooms for Africa Tour. Mm-hmm. It is today from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. It was also last night. The organizers were very excited to announce that it's the north end of Hamilton is the location for this year's event. It's a walking tour. There's several garden spaces to visit in a neighborhood that's filled with history and diversity. So, of course, what's neat about this is that it's a nighttime garden tour. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the lighting. And there's a new feature this year includes art and music, uh, which you get to experience as you're on your walk. Yeah, you know, Hamilton gets a bad rap. Uh, it used I to. I think it's changing a lot. You think so? I hope so. Because uh, there are many beautiful areas of Hamilton. That's right. And there's many creative people in Hamilton. Yep. It's become a real... You know, Toronto's so expensive. Nobody can afford to live in Toronto. So Hamilton has become the go-to. And it's obviously commutable. Yep. And like you say, there's beautiful historical oh, gosh, homes. Yeah. And, and like I say, some highly creative people and some gorgeous gardens. Uh, more information about tonight's tour, www.bloomsforafrica.org. 
Now, remember, next weekend is the big buffalo walk, garden walk buffalo. And I have a neat uh, press release. So that's 366 gardens to visit next weekend in Buffalo, all of which will be open to the public at no cost. It is the largest garden tour in the United States and perhaps the world. Now, everybody in Buffalo is getting on the bandwagon, the going green. So... Um, the Peace Bridge. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know the Peace Bridge. It's probably not that far from where you live. It's yeah. the international link between the U.S. and Canada. will be illuminated in green lighting to show its support for the Garden Walk. That'll be all next weekend, all in green. The Electric Tower which originally opened in 1912 and was patterned after the Tower of Light from the 1901 Pan American Exposition, will show its support of the Garden Walk Buffalo by turning itself green for this unique occasion. And one more thing, the M&T Bank, one of the largest financial institutions in the area, turns its 21-floor office building located in downtown Buffalo green as well. Uh, so that's uh, pretty fun. There's going to be a lot of green going on in Buffalo. Of course, it's going on anyway, but next weekend is the big weekend. All right. More information on that or to get, download maps or get you know just get out sure. there and see a few gardens, www.gardenwalkbuffalo.com. Okie dokie, and that's uh, it for the announcements. That is, and I thought I might have some time to answer some email right now, but at looking at the time, I don't think I do. <laughs> okay, we'll so hold, we'll those hold in I do have a pile yeah. of email, though, so I, I hope we can get to some of these today. Sure. Well, we'll, we'll squeeze them in, for sure. sure. Will we? We will. You are in charge I, of that. I am, I am in charge of squeezing them in. <laughs> All okay. right. Good for hey, you. Thanks. Uh, we're going to be back to our callers and uh, be chatting with a whole bunch of folks in just a couple of moments here on The Garden Show. And a good morning to, I uh, forgot to mention, uh, James Patrick Dooley, our, yes. our producer in there. Gosh, he's a... Look at the smile. Oh, he's I just, know. He's smiling from here I to know. here. What a great guy. Uh, I love it. He's been working his little tail off in there getting these calls lined up. So we'll get to those in just a moment here on AM740, The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, uh, Mother Nature sure did a bit of hedge cleaning uh, and clipping last night <laughs> all by herself. Wow, that, that storm was, was something good wi- else. Big wind, eh? And it's cool this morning. Cooler. Yeah, for sure. Turn off that air conditioning. You don't need it. You, Open the windows. Get some fresh right. air in. The, the humidity is dissipated. Good enough. Let's check in with Clark and see what's going on. Hi, Clark. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good morning, Clark. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Vaughn. Oh, cool. Welcome. Thank you. What's um, I have a bit of a situation here where um, I, it's not the end of the world, but I, I have a, a fairly extensive uh, ornamental garden, and uh, there's a lot of mulch in it. Mm-hmm. And I've got some kind of a rodent. I suspect it's a squirrel that's digging constantly and just uh, making quite a mess. And I'm wondering if you, what you recommend should should the should I try to trap him and relocate him, mm. or, I mean, or you, is there something I can do to mitigate this? So you haven't seen this little creature doing any digging. You just see evidence, little holes all over the place. We see evidence, and my wife and I have seen a, a gray squirrel in the area that we haven't seen before. Mm. 
Hmm. Well, there are humane traps. You could theoretically trap and relocate if you think it's a squirrel. Squirrels, I find, are really curious. And usually, if there's a lot of mulch, I find they won't do a ton of digging. They, they get, you know, it's sort of too much work to get through the mulch. Um, but they are so curious. They just need to know if you've been planting something, what did you plant? What, what's under there? Um, blood meal works for a lot of people. Uh, now, you will have to reapply blood meal after a big rain event. But it is from the abattoirs. Uh, blood meal, of course, is from large animals, cows, etc. And squirrels don't always know what a cow is, but they know it's bigger than them. So they're kind of scared. Uh, it does work for a while. Nothing works forever. But it is that idea of, oh, there's a large creature. i got to go. And they'll <laughs> run away. Um, now, the other thing we used to get a hold of through the Metro Zoo was something called zoo poo. And that was a good thing as well. Uh, you know, ti- nothing like that. That's for growing uh, trees with the large trunks. Well, lions and tigers and poo, bear yeah. poo. It scares <laughs> the squirrels really well. Uh, so but again, these do have some nutrients. So you don't want to over-apply. You only put these on as a sprinkle on the surface of the soil to just get that aroma out there. And that can can certainly scare them a bit. Um, There are motion-detected sprinklers out there that sometimes can do wonders to get those varmints out of your yard. Uh, Of course, you've got to make sure you don't set it off when you step outside. Uh, There's something called the Scarecrow, and it is a motion-detected sprinkler system with a high-pressure water coming out, knocks them right over. Um, and there's the tried and true shotgun. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. yeah. Or get a dog. Dogs can be very helpful <laughs> when it comes to scaring varmints out of the yard. Um, yeah, or even cats can be quite helpful. Mm. So those are some of my suggestions. Otherwise, yeah, it becomes a mechanical bear. You know, you start putting down chicken wire or rose canes with thorns on top of the soil to try and stop them from digging. Okay. Well, you've given me a lot of options there. Yeah, I'll... a few ideas. Yeah. Now, Clark. Sounds good. Uh, okay, Clark, are you a first-time caller? Um, no, I called uh, last, let's see, uh, I called in the winter about uh, a grub situation. Right. Okay, well, good. Well, you are. Well, thanks for calling again. Welcome well, back. Okay. <laughs> well, good luck with the, those digging pests. Thank you very much. Okay, Clark, right. have a great weekend. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye now. Uh, for those of you who are first-time callers, let us know because then you will hear... The little uh, welcoming bell, it means you've got your wings, your gardening gotcha. wings, yes. Yeah. Diane is on the line right now. Charlie, how are you, Diane? Or, or I thought it was Delane. Uh, oh, you're right, Delane. Excuse me. <laughs> morning. <laughs> good, good morning, Charlie and Frank. It is Delane, right? Uh, I don't always have the pleasure of listening to your program, but I certainly appreciate you being on there with all the help. Thank you. I'm just wondering, we have a water softener in the house, mm-hmm. which, of course, got salt in it, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering if that, would uh, kill any of the, like my Rose of Sharon or other plants that I have to water? I would not use, well, can you set it up so that your water softener only uh, supports the interior of the house and that your outdoor taps are not uh, coming off the softener? I I don't know whether we can do that because we've just, uh, this is sort of a new thing for us, Mm -hmm. so we have no idea what it does. Uh, avoid, if possible, using softened water on any plants, inside or out. Uh, if you have no option and you need to, obviously, water the plants, um, do everything in your power to leave the water out for at least 24 hours. It's sodium chloride, right, that's in the, that they use. 
as I believe. I think okay. I'm right there. And it will dissipate. If it's exposed, uh, you've open surface area of the water, uh, it will dissipate into the atmosphere. So you'll lower the amount of salt in the softened water if it sits out for at least 24 hours. Oh, great. Thank okay. you so much for your help. You're very welcome. Thanks have for calling. Have a good calling. day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now, Delane. Nice to have you on the show here this morning, AM 740, broadcasting live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Yes. Well, let's see what Phyllis has on the go here. Good morning, Phyllis. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Phyllis. It's a beautiful day here. Excellent. Where are you calling from? We're calling. I'm calling from Allison. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, we did have a big storm, but that's uh, dis- dissipated. So It was really dark. I'm in Richmond Hill, and you're obviously north of me, yeah. and it was really dark yeah, for a lot of a, hours a yesterday. partial tornado here, so, yeah. so any, it's quite bad. How's your but garden anyways, looking? I have um, a hydrangea bush. Uh-huh. Okay, this is the first year it's bloomed, okay, okay. but it's big. Mm-hmm. It has these uh, kind of woody stems coming out of it. Can I cut those off? If there's no leaves on them, absolutely yes. Okay, then. That's those are it. last year's woody stems still standing up, I bet. Yeah, I just kind of left it because I had called you last year and you said not to cut it down in the fall. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. But the spring is the time to cut off anything that's clearly dead Okay. Uh, on any of our plants, trees, shrubs, roses. So, yeah, once the growth started back in this year, we were a little behind schedule, but, you know, late April, maybe early May in your neighborhood, little bit, little green buds started to show up right at the bottom of the plant. Right. And right. also even at the bottom of some of those brown stems that are still sticking up. Okay. That's when you clip off everything that's brown and has no evidence of green. Okay. But okay. it's... This is the first year, it's actually been a couple of years since it hasn't bloomed. Mm-hmm. This is the first year it has. So Good. What would be the reason for that? I think it's all this rain. Okay. Hydrangeas love moisture. They love consistent moisture. Okay. And they have loved all this moist soil. I yeah. think many of the hydrangeas are just going gangbusters all across the province. We're seeing some pretty showy uh, hydrangeas this year. So I think it's probably that. You know, okay. it's just that consistent moisture. Okay, that sounds good. All right, thanks so much day. for your call. Have a nice weekend. You yeah. too. Thank you, Phyllis. Thank uh, you very much. Bye. Bye bye now. Have a great uh, weekend. And thank you for being uh, letting us be part of your weekend too here at AM seven forty. Now, uh, I have rigged a vine, a very <laughs> strong vine in the studio. I here hope it's strong because well, I'm going to do such do a big. My, oh, <laughs> I'm going to swing. Heads from up. One, Heads up. Yeah, He's coming through. Swing through <gasps> now. Let's go. <laughs> What's that called when you have those? They string a wire across. Oh, a zip line. Yeah, that's what you zip line. Zip no, line was simply yeah. hung from the ceiling. Yeah, well, so that wasn't a real zip line. That was like a, a, an actual Tarzan. vine that yeah. um, my wacky co host was just swinging on. And why is he doing that? <laughs> because he wants the freedom to maintain all his favorite activities, no matter what they may be. And with, that includes reduced aches and stiffness at the same time. Why is Frank such a wacko, but not? Particularly experiencing any aches or stiffness. Watch it, Jane. Because he takes his <laughs> Sierra Sil on a consistent daily basis. Three little pills, completely natural mineral supplement seems to make a difference. Keeps those joints oiled and working and not hurting. If you're interested in learning more, Sierra Sil. .ca. Give them a call, one joint 14 or you can pick up Sierra Sill at many health food stores, including Essence of Life on Kensington Avenue in Toronto. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-L.
I L Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And along with Charlie, Frank Proctor here, sharing your Saturday morning. Hope it's a good one. And James Patrick Dooley. And of course. James with Patrick us as well. There. You betcha. He's the first voice everybody hears when they phone. And he's a good-looking lad. Yes. Uh, even if I must say him so myself. Lad, uh, I like and, that lad. And I, uh, I am, I am promoting uh, him <laughs> to, so that he'll get a girlfriend. Going to open his wallet to pay <laughs> <Yeah>. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie wants to talk but, wait, to you. Before we get to Leslie, oh, yeah. I just wanted to um, refer to. Uh, was it Phyllis or Delane? Yeah. I think it was Delane who said that she really tries to listen to the show on Saturday mornings and mm-hmm. can't always fit it into her schedule. I just wanted to remind our listeners that if you miss the show, it's okay. Or if you miss a detail, you can always re-listen to the show through the magic of podcasting. Exactly. Now, you don't need any kind of a pod in order to podcast. <laughs> All you need is a computer. Just any computer will do. As long as you've got access to the internet, you go to am740.ca, go to podcasts, and go to The Garden Show, and they're all there. They're all archived, and you listen. And you can, you can fast-forward through this. Yeah, you know, if you yeah. don't want to listen to something, you can just fast-forward. So you are the master. You can listen to any show you want at your convenience. I do that, actually, at home, and I, I always just rush through till they get to my stuff and then I listen and then when you start talking I go oh, zip through to my stuff again so it's, it works it's great yeah yeah I can tell that would work for you uh, Leslie well you got a problem with Japanese beetles on roses gosh morning Leslie good morning Charlie and Frank where are you calling from Leslie Mississauga okie doke thanks and I am ready to hire a hitman yeah. or a hit something to yeah. kill every Japanese beetle in this world <laughs> So you're inundated, are you? Well, there's this one rose bush they absolutely love. And I did have them last summer, but I thought this year they didn't find the rose bush hmm. until about five days ago. Mm-hmm. And every time a, a <sighs> bud comes out, Charlie, it's, it's gone. Chewed off. Okay, so that's you bring up an interesting point. You only just saw the Japanese beetles about five days ago because this year we're a little behind schedule. We're about two weeks, actually, behind last year. Uh, now, last year we were ahead of schedule. This year we're behind schedule. And it's all got to do with the kind of temperatures we've had. Remember, insects very much respond to not only air temperature but soil temperature. So those beetles have emerged from the soil after they were little grubs. They became pupa. And after they had finished their pupation, they became beetles. Okay. So you, and it's interesting as well, you note that one rose bush in particular is the favorite target. Yes. So... What I would do if I were you, a couple of things. Now, tell me you did not put out any kind of a trap for Japanese beetles, did you? I did last summer. Okay, but you didn't put it out this summer, right? No. Okay, good. So that's good because the trap does attract even more Japanese beetles. So that's why you want to be careful. If you are going to put a trap out, put it in your neighbor's yard. (laughs) (laughs) Or put it in the schoolyard down the street or in, you know, somewhere far away from your garden. Wow. Yeah, that that can work. I'm kidding about the neighbors. You wouldn't do that. But still, if you have a park or a schoolyard or something, you can hang the trap up there. Like, who minds that? How far away? 
Ah, uh, you want it to be at least, I'd be say, a minimum of 100 meters away from your property. Wow. Uh, because these Japanese beetles pick right up on the pheromone that's in that trap, and they come from a long ways away. Wow. So it, it is a good attractant, it do, and it does trap them, but the problem is it brings extras, and you just don't want to bring them onto your property. Now, when it comes to the one rose that's really the number one uh, culinary delight, what I would do is, if you can, fit into your schedule uh, a little empty tuna fish can or whatever kind of a can, some water in it, a teaspoon or a tablespoon of any old oil in the water. Go outside on a regular basis, starting early in the morning, and if you can do it, you know, every couple hours through the day, right up until sunset, pick the bugs, drop them in the can. Uh, just pick up those little beetles and drop them in. They, won't, they can't get out of the oil and water mix. If that doesn't fit your lifestyle and you just can't be out there picking bugs, the other thing is you might want to consider getting rid of that rose because it's so good and replacing it with one of the knockout roses. The knockout roses is a whole series of roses. So knock out, just like a punch, a knockout. Mm-hmm. Um, the, supposedly the knockout roses are, are not something that Japanese beetles like to eat. They are apparently quite resistant to Japanese beetles. So just a thought, uh, maybe you love your roses. It's a good spot for roses. Maybe replace with one that the beetles don't like quite as much as the one you've got. Very good. And unfortunately, somehow or other, we lost Leslie. Uh, hopefully, she was quick to run back to her radio and turn it up. Or she can up. listen to the podcast. Or she can, yes. Remember, she can always yes. go back and listen to the July 20th podcast. And if she was serious about hiring a hitman, <laughs> I, uh, in my Sheldon Leonard voice, I know a couple of guys who would be very cheap at coming out to your place and eradicating your bugs. There you go. There you go. Well, yeah. Well, I hope... Yeah, Leslie caught that. Well, I hope so, too. She can send you an email here at the station, and you can set something up. Guys with baseball bats. There you go. All right. That'd be a great name for a company, Guys with Baseball Bats. <laughs> As opposed okay. to two yeah. men in a truck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, Julie and Stainer, how are you doing this morning? Hello. Morning. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? Not bad. How's things old in girl? Stainer? Stainer. How are things in Stainer? Oh, fine this morning. Yeah. A bit cooler. Uh, a big wind and storm yesterday, I bet. Yeah, it was pretty wild for a while. No damage to your garden? No trees came down? Uh, no, no. Good. Fortunately. Good. Uh, my question is, I purchased a trumpet vine uh, and planted it new a year ago. Mm-hmm. How long does it take for the little critter to, to, to bloom? Uh, it takes a couple of years, sometimes three or four years. Oh, oh, I've got to wait that long. I hope you've planted it somewhere where it's not going to cause you problems. Um, no, it's planted at the edge of my gazebo. Oh, okay, and the gazebo's out in the, out in the garden somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is that it's going to grow up and cover the gazebo. Well, it's, gonna, it's doing a pretty good job now. It's really leafy and, and, and uh, you know... Quite bushy and okay, good. Well, it sounds uh, like it's really thriving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't fertilize it. Whatever you do, it doesn't need fertilizer. Uh, obviously, the rain is great. Everything's green and and large and mm-hmm. happy this year with all this moisture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, don't be frustrated if you don't get flowers for the for a couple of years. Like I said, oh, it could okay. be three or four years. Okay. But as long as it's getting lots of sun and it's mm-hmm. a happy, vigorous plant, it will yeah. bloom eventually. Just okay. don't fertilize. Thank okay. You very much. <laughs> Thanks for your call. Thanks, Julie. Have Bye-bye. a great weekend. Uh, reminder of our phone numbers here. 
416-360-0740. And I've just been informed by James Patrick Dooley that we do have a free line right now. 1-866-740-4740 is our uh, long-distance uh, line that is absolutely free to you, okay? So there you go. Okay, um, and I've got know, tons of email. I, I was going to say, do you want to cover off a couple of those email things? I'd be happy to. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, met a letter from Bev. Uh, she says that she listens to the program every week, and her question is about her tomato plants. They are looking awful. Uh, Bev indicates that they put eggshells in the ground before planting, which is fine. The reason we put eggshells around tomatoes is because, of course, eggshells are full of calcium, and we know that tomatoes are heavy feeders in general, but definitely need calcium. Now, that's all fine. So the eggshells in the ground, obviously, I hope, while crushed up. The plants, she says, the plants are almost bare of leaves and only a few tomatoes. What is the problem? We do water them. Okay, I can't give you a definitive answer here, Bev, but I can tell you a couple things. One is, you've got to rotate the location of your tomatoes. You will never, ever have happy, thriving tomatoes if you plant in the same spot year after year after year maximum three years in the same spot. Now, some people tell me, oh, I've planted my tomatoes for 15 years in the same spot. Those are the people that are very careful to mix their soil up, to add lots of organic material, to make compost, to ensure that there's lots of good, fresh, nutritious soil prior to planting tomatoes every spring in the same spot. So that's a thought is what could be going on. You haven't rotated and you haven't really supplemented or amended your soil with lots of organic material. The other thing is tomatoes want sun. They want minimum six hours of sun every day. So not sure, Bev doesn't indicate what kind of sunshine they're in, but hopefully they are in lots of sun. And the we do water them point is important because we do want to make sure that all of our vegetables have consistent moisture, particularly tomatoes. You'll see splitting in the skin. Have you ever seen that where the skin just splits and it doesn't look very edible? Yeah, it looks like a weird. That's because (laughs) of too little water and then too much water and too little, you know, and then it just the whole thing breaks. Um, Or we'll see the blossom end rot, which is that black, horrible disease, which again is put down to inconsistent watering. So we've got to keep the moisture levels consistent. Mm -hmm. We can't control the rain, but we do have to water when it's you know, we went a good, what, five or six days without rain. So when there's five or six days without rain, hopefully people were watering in between there, but not in the evening. You don't want your tomatoes to be wet. You don't want any of your plants to be wet as the sun goes down. So do your watering early in the day, uh, preferably in the morning. Get the soil nice and moist and let the plants be dry as nighttime falls. It sounds to me like you could have a bit of a blight going on there, Bev. Good garden hygiene. Pick up all the the leaves that are have spots on them that are just spreading spores around. Right. Okay. Very good indeed. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, if uh, those of you who can't get through on the phone or simply don't want to call, and there are folks who are, you know, a little reticent to put their really? voice on the air. Yes, I, I can't, can't believe it myself. I can't imagine anybody <laughs> I know. would think that way. But, well, a shy person like myself, I, I, of course, I, I include so myself. You're so shy. I, I am. Uh, the, mm. the email to reach Charlie here at AM740 is this, c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Com. Okay, there, that taken care of. A reminder, you are listening to The Garden Show from AM740 as we broadcast live from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Now, let's deal with our next caller. What do you say? Absolutely. What do you say? Hands calling in. Hello, Hands. Good morning. Hello, 
Charlie and uh, Frank. Uh, Good morning. My problem is I have a pear tree. Every fall, I trim the small branches which grow straight in the air, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But now it comes up. Can I cut it? Now, is a pear tree should be trimmed in the spring and only the spring, the oh, early the spring. spring. Yep, yeah. March. Not in a, the fall. Not in the fall. Oh, because uh, you know I get small branches which go straight in the air and yeah. it don't bear fruit. That's see? right. They are the non-fruit bearing and they look silly and they take a lot of energy from the tree. Yeah, so that's right. You want to? They're called water spouts. What yeah, you want to yeah. do is you uh, want. No, it, is it uh, not uh, too late? Right. Yes, and now is too late. Yeah, just leave yeah. it alone for now. Be you know just sort of let it be don't do any radical trimming to any fruit trees now but uh-huh. on a nice sunny day next year in march or early april before yeah. any buds are open any flowers are open you get out there and you trim as much as a third off oh. of that tree yeah, so yeah. you can do some pretty heavy pruning in the spring but only the spring yeah okay, okay. thank you thank you thank hands you. Uh, are you a first-time caller no 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 you're I, a- I have last time a call about this hormone cream. Oh, cream, right. right. Yes, yes. Yeah, but uh, now I find out that you can get from Lee Valley Tool. Uh-huh. Well, and there I you go. And I get a pot and I grow it and I have uh, successful plants now. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This rooting yeah, hormone. I went to Lee Valley Tool. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. Okay. My favorite you, store. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling, Bye. Hands. All righty. All Valley hands on Tool. deck here. See, AM you. 740. Yeah, um, Valerie is calling in. Good morning, Valerie. Good morning. How are you? Morning. I'm well, and Charlie's splendid. <laughs> or so you think. <laughs> yeah. What's going on in your garden, Valerie? Not too much. I have a jasmine tree that I got out of a greenhouse, mm-hmm. and I put it in the west window. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dropping a lot of its leaves. Will those leaves come back? Uh, well, depends. When did you get the plant? How long have you had it? Two weeks, three weeks maybe. Okay, and you've got it in a west window, so it's a nice bright spot. Mm-hmm. The west window, there's no shears or, or blinds on no. it. You, you allow the sunlight to come in. How often are you watering that plant? As often as I think it's drying out. Okay, and how are you judging that? Are you sticking your finger in the soil or wait, feeling the weight of the pot? Yeah. Okay, and so roughly how often are you watering then? Every couple of days. Okay, every couple of days. Now, they do like to be kept moist. That's why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Now, the leaves that are falling, are they older leaves in the center of the plant, or are they newer leaves on the tips of the branches? Some of each. Oh, all right. So have you looked? Do you see any evidence of any webbing on the plant? No. No. Okay, because that's important. Sometimes we get, in, you know, insects come mm-hmm. and we don't, you know, you got to sort of look closely for them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all right, bright light is very important. Keeping the compost or the soil moist at all times is important. And I reported it too, like, because it was pot bound in what they had it in. Oh, okay. And there was uh, roots growing out the bottom of the pot? Yeah, and right tight to the outside, and so I loosened that up a bit. Okay, and you gave it a bigger pot? Yeah. How much bigger is the pot? Well, about two inches, maybe. Okay, so what was it in, like a six-inch or four-inch pot, and you went up to the next size up? Yeah. Okay, and it's in a plastic pot, I assume? Yeah, 
It's in a clay pot now. Okay. And when you planted it, did you make sure that you planted it at the exact same level as what it was in the, the pot prior? It's no yeah. deeper in the soil. So I think what might be going on here, we love clay pots. They're mm-hmm. excellent and they look nice, but they do dry out a lot faster than plastic because mm-hmm. you're not only losing moisture off the surface of the soil, you're also losing moisture through the sides of the pot. Okay. So you may have to, it's a bit hard to feel the weight of when it needs water because, of course, the clay pot weighs so much, it's hard to know the difference between wet and dry. So you may find that it'd be, that plant would be easier to keep happy in a plastic pot. Mm-hmm. The other thing is it may just need watering more than you realize in that clay pot. So make sure you've got a nice big saucer below. Mm-hmm. And when you water, of course, you water thoroughly so that the water comes right through into the saucer. Mm-hmm. Leave it for a good 10 or 15 minutes. If for any reason there's any water still in that saucer 15 minutes later, you can pour it out. But I think you'll find there won't be any water. You know, you can pour lots of water in. It's going to come into the saucer, but it's all going to get absorbed back into the pot as well as the soil after you water. So I think that might be your trick. And don't – is it flowering right now? I imagine yeah. it is. Yes, yeah, so you don't want to do a lot of trimming on it right now. Um, but once if it does – if one of the vines stops – flowering and you've got sort of dead bits on the tips you can always trim back anything that's dead okay okay and mist do you have like a little spritzer mister gizmo Okay. Mm-hmm. We have good high humidity at this time of year, but make sure that it, it is always getting lots of um, misting and humidity. Make sure it's also not right in the, um, an air conditioning draft. Okay. Okay. Is it could that be? Is it could it be getting a cold blast from the air conditioner? No, because we don't have air conditioning. Oh, there you oh go. Oh my gosh, you must have been dying the last <laughs> so, week. No, so. oh, it's good. Yeah. Oh, so really? you've had the uh, windows yeah. open. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, that's fine. And um, but I'm surprised you don't close your blinds when the on, on a western location if you don't have air conditioning. As the sun's going down, you could keep your keep it cooler if you block out some of that light um, late in the afternoon. Like, don't hesitate to do that. Okay. Uh, if you need to or want to, because the plant gets lots of light all day. That's fine. Okay. All right. Good. Thank well, you. good luck with that. Let us know how yes. it goes. Okay. Thanks Bye. for calling. Thank you, Valerie. And you are listening to The Garden Show here from AM740, Zoomer Radio. Frank Proctor alongside Charlie Dobbin, the master gardener. And, uh, Charlie, uh, you know I told you in the last little break there that I had strung a vine, <laughs> as you can see, here in the Still studio. There, yep. But what I, what I didn't do in my, in my portrayal of Tarzan, mm. I forgot the most important thing. <laughs> and, folks, you should, you've got to visualize that I'm more of the uh, body type of Ron Eli, who was uh, the later Tarzan, as opposed uh, to Johnny Weissmuller. True. See. Good point. But I forgot to put on my loincloth. Oh. So if, if, if you want to turn away. I just, Don't worry. I, I'm turning me, I, away I've big got, time. Oh, there we go. Okay, I'm, oh I'm my changing goodness. now. Yeah, your voice is going to go up all squeaky. I've got my <laughs> loincloth on now. And, oh, oh, oh. There he goes. I don't know what Dale Goldhawk's going to think when he comes into the studio on Monday and he sees loincloths and vines strung all over the place. All right, why is my crazy co-host being such a wacky one? It's because he took his Sierra Sill and he's feeling so full of vim and vigor. He's ready to go sailing out on vines and a little kickboxing and who knows what else because he takes his daily dose of Sierra Sil. This is a completely natural mineral supplement. <laughs> I'm listening to this. A nature boy he's playing. <laughs> 
Very, very good, very James Very good Patrick choice, Dooley. James. All right, Sierra Sill, available at many local health food stores, including Natural Solutions at Sherway Gardens or uh, via the web, sierrasill.ca, or over the phone, one eight seven seven joint 14 S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. There we are. All righty, back on the air now, says Frank. We've got a little light out here in the studio, so I don't know whether the mic's on or not. Uh, but I presume it is now. It is. Yes. The little red, what are you saying, the red light? No, this, on. this little light oh, here. Okay, one. yeah. Okay. So, in any case, hydrangea bound. Joan is next on the line. (laughs) Hey, Joan, good morning. Morning, Joan. Morning. Hi, uh, my my name is Joan. Uh I'm calling for the first time. Oh, Um, wait, 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 wait. stop. I used to be very successful with hydrangeas. Uh, They used to have good brooms, but I moved. And uh, what happened is uh, I have, uh, I think, four bushes, Mm -hmm. and one of them is giving me a big, Red, uh, red brooms or pink brooms, mm-hmm. but the other three are not doing well at all. And the leaves are very rich, but the flowers look very pale and uh, pale green or not. I don't know what kind of color. It's just very pale. Mm. But there are there are flowers, but they're just not very colorful. Uh, Joan, yeah. can I just interrupt? Uh, not that Joan is quite big. <laughs> Sorry, but jo- pale. Joan, excuse me, just from can you lower your radio down? Turn the volume. Okay, sure. t- turn the volume down, okay? All right. That that's just uh, do that first, and then we'll we'll keep talking. Yep. Yep. Okay. You're all righty. Oh, okay. There we uh, go. All right. So, were these hydrangeas on site when you moved to the new place, or did you plant them? I just planted them this year. Oh. Uh, they're new plants. I planted them in uh, maybe late spring, around. May, I think. They were planted at the same time. Okay, and do you know what variety you planted? The name of them? Uh, I I don't remember. No, I... Uh, Does I the, it's something... Endless Summer, perhaps? Or Annabelle? No. Um, oh. Is there something green or something? Is there something like that? A princess or empress or pink something? Oh, Oh, that's a good point. Um, There's a few pinks. All right. What I would do is, since you've just planted them this year, I would not panic. Because remember, when we first plant any long-term plant, like a shrub or a tree or a rose or anything, we really want all the energy the first year to go into growing roots. Because we want the plant to establish and be super, you know, ready to go next year. So if you get any flowers the first year, it's a complete bonus. We never expect... A lot of flowers, uh, because for the, for all you know the needs of the plant right now, all energy should be into root growth. So don't do any fertilizing or anything like that this year. Of course, next spring you will fertilize all your plants with an all-purpose flowering plant fertilizer, and you'll get lots more flowers. And I think you'll see the coloring will come fine next year as well. It's oh. just this year you're gonna if you do see flowers, they're gonna probably be small. They're not gonna be indicative of what they will be in the future. Um, and like I said, it's a complete bonus. Oh, because I have one that are huge, the, the pink, they're pink and they're mm-hmm. very big. So, so yeah. I don't know, they planted at the same time. So I was and, just surprised oh, that uh, that one is doing so well yeah. and the rest. 
Well, not doing could be a wrong. difference in the in your location, a slight difference in soil or or exposure. It's the same area, just maybe a few feet apart, uh, one foot or two, one and two feet away. Yeah, and they're all the same plant. Like you the got same species, same. I'm from the same place too. Yeah, okay. And you know, I've had that happen where I buy two identical plants, plant them side by side, literally two inches apart. One grows into a big monster plant. The other one is a squidgy little insipid thing. And oh. there's no real reason for it because genetically they should be the same. Their location is the same the care is the same and yet some plants are just frankly bum plants okay. in the, in so the industry I that's not what worry about them. it because the leaves are really rich and yeah. green so i would not I don't worry think there's disease in no i would be w- very patient and wait and see how great they look next year uh, okay and okay. do i still miracle grow them because i spray them in miracle grow every two weeks no more this year. You're done with your miracle grow. Oh, you can okay. use it next year. And what about my roses? Should I miracle grow them as well? Because well, I have uh, put in a lot of rose bushes as well. Okay, so this brings up a good point. And I hope everybody who's listening has their pen and paper out right now. Today is July 20th. If you are fertilizing any plants at all this summer, today is your last day to do it. Oh, okay. And in your case, newly planted plants. Remember when we first plant plants, the first year, we don't give them a lot of fertilizer. We give them good soil. We give them transplanter fertilizer or bone meal, but we don't try and crank a lot of miracle Grow onto them because, like I said, we want roots. We don't want a lot of flowers and leaves. We want roots. Next year, everybody gets... And then next spring, then I'll come uh, miracle Grow all of them That's right. But if you have established plants, you know, plants that have been there for a number of years, you can be fertilizing this week. But as of the end of July, we do no more fertilizing in our gardens whatsoever, except the oh, lawns okay. and the vegetables and annuals. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's the Thanks, last Rita. day to fertilize is July 20th. Then. That's right. All right. That's I remember that next okay. year. <laughs> Thanks, Rita. <laughs> Okay. Take Thank care. you very much. Bye bye now. Oh, and sorry, Joan. As, Thanks, Joan. That was Joan. Yeah, yeah my mistake. Uh, that's okay. Rita's uh, on a standby situation, uh, but we won't be long, uh, Rita, because we do have to take a little bit of a commercial break here on the Garden Show from AM seven forty. Charlie Dobbin and uh, her cohort in crime here, Frank Proctor. Yeah, who's nice thank to, goodness nice covered up that loincloth. <laughs> well, come on, you were peeking, I know. Uh, we're we're going to be back and have a chat with Rita and others. Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> right after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. There we are. Uh, Rita is on the line from Innisfil. Good morning, Rita. Hi, good morning. I just want to say this is my first time calling. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. Garden Wings. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, thank you. And I just want to say I also enjoy your show. Thank you. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Hi, Rita. Um, I have, uh, I've had a yucca plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first year I had it, 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 it shot out a nice stick of flowers. Mm-hmm. And uh, now the, oh, the years have passed, and I've got three of them now. Nice. But I think I'm supposed to divide them, and I don't know how, and do I have to divide them, no. and when? And nope. You don't have to divide them. That's the interesting thing about yuccas. Uh, I mean, you can, but you don't have to. After a plant flowers, which, of course, you saw a big, like you said, a big shoot uh, right up through the center, big white flat towering um, flower of white flower in the first yucca. Once that flower is done, that plant will die. 
But before that plant dies, it will send little daughter plants off of the, the main mother plant. So in your case, three little daughters have now come up. So you've got a clump there of three. Sometimes it takes a couple of years for them to flower. Again, you have to be a mature enough stage to flower, but you don't need to separate them out or you can. It's up to you. Will it uh, at one point become just all green? As in just green leaves? Like, will it stop uh, flowering if I don't divide it? No, it, they, they will flower. They just need to be mature enough. So that if they're okay, not... And when f- is the, Sorry? Uh, and when is the best time to divide it? Spring. If you're going to divide those multi-plants and plant them out as separate plants, you will do it early in the spring because these are evergreens, right? You always know where they are. They they don't disappear below ground. Uh, So early in the spring, when the soil is workable and you're able to get in there and start digging, that's the time to do it. Remember, yuccas have a taproot. So when you lift, you you ensure that you get as much of the root as you possibly can. And again, put them into the ground in the new location, well-drained soil, lots of sun, planted at the same level they're growing now great okay, okay. Good thank stuff. you thanks for your call thanks for joining us uh, on the show rita have a good weekend uh, tuned here of course to am 740 now uh we've heard about uh, snakes on planes and of course of uh, recent snakes note on snakes trains. on subways trains, and trains. Go yeah trains. Yep. here we have eileen wanting to talk about a snake plant mm-hmm. well all right eileen give us the goods <laughs> morning eileen Hello. Yeah, hi. Good morning. Morning. First-time caller. Oh, 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 hey, hold on. <laughs> Say a word. There you go. Welcome to the show. <laughs> okay, thank you. I, I listen to the show all the time, too. Excellent. Um, yeah, I have this snake plant, and it's slowly dying. It's quite old, but, mm-hmm. and I have divided it up over time. Mm-hmm. And lately, it's been dying with like from the top down. The leaves get withered, and, and then it goes all the way down to the bottom and just dries right up. Okay, so what you're calling a snake plant, is it a, it's a tall, like the leaves are tall, fairly oh. leathery leaves that no, grow. Of course, shiny leaves. Shiny, okay. The, the mottled look. Okay. Mottled. Yep, yep, yep. And they can be very long-lived plants. I mean, they can live for like 50, 60 years. Yeah, and this is about 30 years. Oh, okay, so that's good. All right, so let's talk about, so you, you said you transplanted it recently or you did some dividing recently? Yeah, I have it in the summer mm-hmm. or late, earlier on in the year. Okay, so like in the spring. Yeah. All right. And are they all the little transplant suffering or just the, the main one? Just the main one. Uh, well, I'm not sure because it's in two different parts. and Sometimes it's a short leaf. or uh, these, these two leaves that are going now are very tall, very tall. Okay. Well, they're, uh, they're quite brown looking and going down. Yeah, so they may it may be just a case of um, uh, the, the taller ones are the older leaves, all right? Yeah. So yeah. It, when a plant is suff- some kind of stress is going on in its life uh, and it naturally uh, needs to shed something, it's always best for it to shed the older leaves first as long okay. as new growth is still coming up. So that's why I wouldn't panic. There could just be a situation where, you know, it's going through a little bit of an adjustment to this having been... Uh, some dividing going on, and then there's some probably fresh soil. Perhaps your location is it the same, or did it change? No, the For- location is the same. Okay, it's on a landing, so there's a light. Okay, but it's not direct sun. That's all right. It doesn't yeah. need direct sun. Uh, the only real way you can kill this plant, also known as Sansevieria, is by overwatering. Okay. So be very careful. You you may find that when there was a much more plant in the pot, 
there was less soil, so you were watering more often. Now you've got more soil and less plant, you have to water less. Right. So it could be just a case where you've been continuing that watering schedule, and now it's getting a little soggy at the bottom. It might feel dry on the top, but it might still have lots of moisture down below in the pot. Right. You could double-check by getting a hold of a moisture meter, gizmo with a little probe, stick it into the soil, and it'll tell you what the moisture level is down deep in the soil. That can be helpful. Or the other thing is just hold off. If you, if you think it's time to water, don't. Wait another week. Right. Okay. I, I would think that's probably what's going on. In terms of any of the brown stuff, just trim it off. Just trim it right off. Yep. Okay. Yep. I did that on a couple of them. Yeah, Yeah. it's fine. And and that's okay. Once they're trimmed, you know, if a leaf is halfway trimmed down, you'll typically find it'll continue to slowly brown down right to the base. But, uh, but allow whatever's green to stay, stay on the plant. Maximize the photosynthesis. Okay. Okay. Okay, so you use normal potting soil, or is there special soil that you use? Uh, Just a regular potting soil is fine. Okay, good. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. And thank you for joining the show, Eileen. Thanks for calling. Bye for now. And welcome. Yeah, bye for now. Don't hesitate to call again. I mean, first time caller. (laughs) Bye-bye. We we do have time for a bit of email. uh, Uh, Yeah, I think I could probably fit in one more. What do you think? Sure. Carolyn uh, wrote in from Toronto, and she's got an interesting problem. Every year she plants morning glory seeds, which she has typically saved from the year before. She says that they go into containers in her driveway, and it's a very sunny spot all along the driveway, and they grow, and she's always pleased and proud, and everybody admires them. Last year they were spectacular uh, with all the heat and sun that we had. Uh, you know, she took lots and lots of photos, and every she was boring everybody with her, her photos of her plants. So last fall she didn't save any of the seeds. So this spring she went out and bought some morning glory seeds. She soaked them as she should have mm-hmm. overnight, planted them as she's done before, and nothing came up. Why? And she's wildly disappointed. Uh, they're in the same location, etc. So I think you're right. Like Carolyn says, could it be the rain? They probably rotted. The seeds could have rotted with all the rain we've had. That would be my, my first thought. Um, now, yeah, it's hard to say for sure. I mean, she obviously had some really good morning glory seeds that were very attuned to her yard because she was saving them and they were just consistently coming up. The brand new ones she got might have, there might have been some variations in them that they just weren't quite ready to be put into pots and then left alone. I I couldn't say for sure. Bottom line is I would replant. Don't give up. It's only July 20th. Soak them overnight tonight. Get them in the ground tomorrow. If we don't get rain over the next few days, just a little bit of sprinkling of water. Keep them moist. As soon as we get a little sun, a little heat, they should sprout. I mean, morning glory are easy easy to grow and should have come up. So they probably rotted. So replant, Carolyn. That's what I think. Okay. There's the word direct from the, uh, direct from the, uh, horse's mouth. Were yeah, you well, going to say? I, I thought better of it. And then, <laughs> and then it sounded worse when I stopped. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, the garden show, uh, by the way, uh, coming up at noon today, yes. we'll be returning for the diner where the listeners request the songs for mm-hmm. that particular hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, today it's going to be a first time only a show like folks who have tried and tried and tried and just can't get through on the lines. Really? Because, well, a lot of the regulars have us on speed right. dial, I think, you know. So I'm going to ask our regular listeners to give the other folks a break. To stand and we'll, down. Yeah, we'll just, and, and I do this the, once every about three months. That's a good idea. You know, and give everybody a, a free shot at. Uh, and you find the uh, phone still ring off the hook. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. amazing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, welcoming new, uh, new folks to the uh, diner to request their songs. Good. Well, I hope so. Everybody's great now. Check out their catalog of what they want to hear. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Frank. I'm off to Sarnia. 
Oh. Uh, this afternoon, uh, my cousin's daughter's getting married. Tonight. Well, wonderful. So uh, I've got a little drive ahead of me. I'm taking my parents, and we're going to go party in Sarnia. Well, there you go. Look out. Look out there. <laughs> uh, Sarnia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know whether you're ready for Charlie Dobbin or not. But... And uh, Dolly and Cam, too. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your help. Thank thanks, you. James Patrick Dooley, and thanks to all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.